With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shot YouTube channel and podcast. I am your host today, Chris, joined by Scott and Ian. Boys, let's have a little chat about Friday night. So, last game before the international break, before the lads jet off to Dubai, we were looking to back-to-back wins. Scott, we managed it, an unchanged side, Newcastle United, 2-1 winners after coming from a goal behind. So, yep. We'll dive straight into it. Um, Eddie Howe named an unchanged 11. Um, I think his hand had been forced with the, the injury news, which we got about Almiron. It, or were you happy with that, first of all, in regards to, to the players that were starting the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about in the preview, it would just be, you know, same again, because it, it works. Um, you don't want to change a winning mentality. You don't want to change a winning side and... You know, the as long as there's no injuries like there hasn't been to the starting eleven, touch wood. Um, yeah, keep them going until you know either a mistake is made or or a bad performance happens or or an injury occurs. So yeah, more than happy with that. Bench was a bit weak, but you can only play with the players that you've gotten. Unfortunately, the two players that we would probably have on that bench to make it a bit stronger and Gordon and in Almiron, they're both injured. So uh yeah, you you use the players that are at your disposal and worked out in the end, didn't it? It did, mate. We'll talk about <laughs> a certain player that, that came off the bench um, later on in, in the show mm-hmm. who had a, a great impact on the game. Uh, Ian, the only other concern was Fabian Shaw. Fabian Shaw pulled out of the, the Swiss side because of pain in his foot. And we're in two minds, really, if, if that was him preparing to have a little bit of a break away from playing football completely after this game against Forest. It looks like we're all right to think that because obviously he started the game. So, do, do you think that was a wise move from Fabian to, to step away from international duty? Um, as a Newcastle fan, yes. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very selfish. I, I've always, always went club over country, which a lot of people, I think if, if it's their own individual clubs, they'd be the same. But to be honest, after what we were discussing, I was surprised to see him when the when the lineup came out. I thought given what was said that it would be com- like a complete break and he'd have this week and then the, the international break to um to sort of fix fix his, his issue. But um good to see him in the in the back four. Obviously we've we've talked so much about this season and how well we've done is because we've had a very, very settled back four. Um so yeah, good to see good to see him in there. Um although I think I think within the first five Five ten minutes, he went down and got an injury. Yeah, Ayu um, made so, the, the, a challenge, yeah. um, and Ayu done back to back challenges like that. One on on Fabian Shaw, and maybe one on Trippy. I can't remember exactly who it was, but he clattered both of those players. Um, but but we'll 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 talk about some of these challenges <laughs> in just a moment because there was a lot of these challenges going in throughout yep. the game, 
and we'll highlight a couple of them. Um, Scott, the game panned out, and, and if we just pick little parts of the game up and the key moments of the game to go through, um, it was a, a dominant performance from Newcastle from start to finish, I would say, maybe a 10-minute spell after we yep. conceded the goal where, where Forest Forest Tales were up. But other than that, we weren't really... Weren't really, it wasn't backs against the wall at all. Far from no. that, and and it was one of those performances where similar to what we have been doing throughout the season, where we're dominating games, and it's just that that moment in the final third which we're lacking. Hence, we we'll concede the goal first of all. Yeah. Um, we'll go through that goal which we conceded. It it's a, an error from from Sven Botman, an error which we don't normally see from that player. I think maybe that the the back four. Well, back five really are, are taking turns now to, to make a defensive error. So let's hope that's that's the last one gone. Um, yeah. but he, he just gets it completely wrong, doesn't he? He does. I mean, it's a ball over the top from I think Shelby plays the ball as well, which makes it a little yeah. bit worse as well. Uh, and uh, he doesn't look, he, I don't think he gets a shout from Cher, who's quite far away from him as well. Um, and I think it's just a case of. He doesn't know what to do. He's in two minds, and before he knows the ball's at his feet, and he has to do something with it. So, it, it's not even like he hits a hits it powerfully either towards Nick Pope. And it seems to be a, a trend of we can't pass the ball back to Nick Pope on that side. It always leads to an error. Um, but it yeah, seems like he I was mean, just catered up for, for Nick Pope to, to control the ball and then start again from the back. I think I think he thought players were closer to him than they were, yeah. um, and I think he also didn't think that there was another player on the run with Dennis. It was Dennis, wasn't it? Hmm. Um, I do have to say, though, and I was talking to Ian about this just before, but I think Trippier could do a little bit better with tracking his man because Dennis just runs through the middle of Shaw and Trippier like there's nobody there. Not saying that there's any anyone to blame there, but if you put a bit more pressure on him, he probably can't do that little dink that he did to get the ball over Botman and, and Pope. Um, but, you know, again, nothing on Trippier. Obviously, he's, he's only playing the game that he sees, and Dennis is quite a fast player, so maybe he can't keep up with him. It's, um, it's one of those runs that you very rarely see as well from a striker yeah. that takes that chance because nine out of ten times, that's going back to keep The keeper's just hogging that up the field. Um, but Dennis takes a risk and and it paid off, and, and that's not taking it's anything away finish. from his finish. Yeah, yeah quality finish. finish. Um, you know, you'd, you'd be happy if you scored goals like that every week. Uh, those little dinks are always nice to see that. You know, not from the penalty spot. I'm not a fan of that, but anywhere else on the pitch, if you're going to do little dinks over the keeper, then yeah, you deserve to score in my eyes. That's a, it's a nice little goal. That. Yeah, it, it was a fantastic finish, and, and, and Sky Sports, they 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 were orgasm over that one. Orgasms all over the shop. Um, and I think it was Jim Carragher maybe on commentary last night. Or Gary Neville was one of them, maybe both. Um, but they were waxing lyrical about that finish. And, and like I said, it comes from a defensive error, but it, it was pinpoint. If that's one yeah. of our players scoring that, ah, shirts off, man. Absolute shirts yeah. off. Um, after that, Ian, Forrest dominated, I would say, like, like I said at the start of this, about five, ten minutes of that, but didn't really punish at all. Um, a, a lot of possession, not, not really dangerous in front of goal. I think throughout the game, I had two shots on target, one of those being the goal. And another one later on in the game, which Nick Pope makes it a great save with his foot, I believe. Um, but we'll move on to, to our goal first of all, so our first goal. And let's just, just chat about Isaac here. Um, how good of a player is he? He's, he's far superior than, than what I was expecting. He's, he's absolutely unreal. I said, I think it was, was it last night or this morning? And, and people are going to 
take this the wrong way, but he's got the qualities that Henri did, where I think the, the Sky Sports pundits were saying he's not just a goal finisher. And there's been quite a lot of debate whether he's going to be an out-and-out striker, where, where he fits in, but he's got so much more quality than just finishing. He he can play... He obviously shifted him out wide, um, and he's dangerous running at people there. He can play sort of behind a striker. He can play up top. So he he does fit sort of across the front three four areas. He's 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 quality. Like he goes looking it, for the ball at any opportunity yeah. as well. He wants um, that ball. He does even in the second half where because obviously we've oh, said that he, he can't. He's not fit enough to play in Eddie Howe ninety minutes. Obviously he got that yesterday. Even when he he looked a bit leggy, he was still shown for the ball and um, deep into the second half. But um, I thought it was a, a really good bit of link up play. I think it was possibly possibly. Willock wins it back. It might have been Murphy, but there was um, a nice interchange of play on the right-hand side. It's a great ball over by Willock. And then... I think it, 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 it works its way up the field. It, it, I think it goes from, from... Well, basically, the last few steps of the, of the play, it goes from Maxi as a weighted pass to Willock. Then Willock, Willock gets there. it and digs it over towards the back post. And he, he just... It's behind him, so... He, to rearrange his body and yes it's come off his shin but it's it's a it's a quality finish to put it back across the defender miss it and, and took it away it's an absolutely quality finish and to be honest I was saying last night um, in the house I felt like we needed a goal before half time we absolutely battered them we hit the bar twice um, Willick obviously had a, a, a decent chance in the first, uh, first, sort of first quarter of the couple of scrambles the in, 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 on the on mm-hmm. the goal line as well. Yeah, um, so I thought I thought well unlucky not to even be in front going into the half, but we definitely needed it, and it, it come at a, a great time for us and a very very poor time for them. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the second half was was very much the same. It was it was pretty much all us. Yeah, if, if you're scoring a goal. Scott, especially equalising goal. That's exactly when you want to score, like Ian said. Oh, yeah. Just just a couple of moments before the half time whistle, and and for us, like like I said, apart from those ten, ten minutes, it's done throughout that half. And Forrest were just waiting for that whistle, just just trying to, to basically secure their, their goal line and stop anything coming at them. And they just couldn't stop that throughout the game. And I think Sky Sports tried the best to. to take it away from he's like that finish um i think a lot of it was in jest mind but they were, they were trying and for him to get any sort of power in that shot as well being so far behind the ball it helps that he's about eight foot tall like and his legs are about six foot of that but <laughs> it's it's a great finish it really is yeah yeah i mean watching it back he could stick his head on it maybe he's at, you know don't know how how his momentum's going but you'd you know, considering the goal he scored last week with his head, you'd probably expect him to try that again. But that's what I like about Isak is I don't think he scored the same goal. Like, you know, some strikers will have like a couple of goals that they go to, like they're, you know, a trademark and that sort of stuff. But he just anything, like he'll he'll just stick a leg out, get a get a get power on it. That's like, you know, it's it's not just the fact he's he's getting the, the ball, he's he's actually getting a bit of power behind it. So um I I think Sky Sports did downplay it a little bit. While you know, while the game was going on, I think afterwards maybe it's the when they look back on it, it was it was a different story. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's another um, assist for Willock as well. That's two in two games. So you know, he's we'll, we'll have a chat just just while you mention him, Scott. Let's have a chat about Willock, yeah. man of the match for me. He he yeah. was he was outstanding in that game. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think had Isak not scored two goals, Willock would have been my man of the match. But you've you've mm. got to give it to someone who play who scores two goals and performs the way Isak did. But yeah, I mean, Joe Willock or Willockino, as we're now calling him, apparently. Um, outstanding. I mean, he's turning back into the player that we first got on loan 
Um, and maybe he's even exceeding that. Uh, it, you know, Eddie Howe's got him playing in this kind of, it's almost like a free roaming midfielder where he can go left, he can go right, he can, you know, stick in the middle if he wants to. And it, it just suits him down to the ground. And, uh, you know, I think if England didn't have the personnel in midfield that they have, he'd be not, he'd be braying that door down at the moment, trying to get a place in that squad. And, you know, yeah. he's still only young, you know, give it another season or two. And he probably will be a regular uh, in that England squad just because of the way he's playing. He's, the he's the only, really, really only questionable good. thing with England squad, Scott, I would say Calvin Phillips got, got a position in that team. Yeah. He's hardly played at all this season. And exactly. Willick, I know Willick has had on and off games, but the last couple of games, he's been great. I think maybe we're obviously going to be biased as Newcastle fans um, by, by one of our players on, on these likes of international games, apart from, eh, sorry, especially for our country. But I think, like you mentioned there, maybe it's a little bit too soon for Willick. I think if he keep, keeps these performances up, then 100% he's in for a yeah. shout ne- next tournament. Of course he is. Um, but... What I liked from Willock last night was we saw the, the side of him where he was getting frustrated in his own play at times mm-hmm. as well. If it was a misplay pass or he hadn't timed anything correctly, you could see him get annoyed with himself. And it's something yeah. which I haven't noticed before. And I like to see that from a player because it shows that they, they feel as if they can do a hell of a lot better than what they just did in that moment. So there's, there's room for improvement. And I think Eddie Howe hinted at this last week, saying that the likes of all the midfielders in our team, they've all got room for improvement. Yeah. And if there's any sort of improvement left in these lads, I can't wait for the future if they stay at this football club. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite a young midfield. If you if you think about it, you've got Joel Linton, Bruno... The spine of the team, Willick, Scott. And Sean Longstaff. I mean, I don't think any of them are over 25, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe Joel Linton's a bit older. I don't know how old he is. But, um, not sure off the top of my head, mate. It's, 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 a young, it's a young midfield. And if they're playing together and they're growing together, and also, we think if we're bringing in personnel who will take what to that next level, they're going to feed and grow off those players as well. So, yeah, I mean, midfield, is it's been our strongest point for quite a while. and, and Well, that's centre of midfield. Um, mm. And I think that's only going to get stronger as, like I say, as those players mature and get better. Yeah, Eddie Howe's going to have a bit of a headache. Be great to see. He's going to have a huge headache now with these three central midfielders performing out of their skin at the moment. Joe Linton's back for the next game against Man United. And let's see, injuries, obviously, but we don't pick any up any injuries in this pre, well, I'm saying pre-season, I always say this, this mid-season break that will happen. Um, in Dubai, everything goes fine. Joe Linton's fit and available. What happens then? I'm glad I'm not Eddie Howe. Um, <laughs> just uh, what was, what is, not, I don't think it's, like, I don't know the term to use, but we were concerned a little bit that we lost a couple of midfield bodies in midfield and, and, and forward positions. And we're thinking like, oh, well, if we'll get an injury, like we'll struggle in midfield. Everyone that's come in, that offer something different, but they're, they're playing out the skin. So mm. you've got now, and I, I kind of believe I'm saying this, long stuff, like, he does the dirty work. He doesn't do the glamorous work. If you lost him, you'd lose that. Willick, like Scott was saying, has that free role, so you would lose that. Bruno's creativity, and then you've got Joe Linton, who's an absolute battering ram. So it's a if if you pick him, obviously one of those has to has to miss out, and it that would be a very very difficult difficult decision. Obviously, I think it, it depends on the, the the opposition that you're playing and what 
what Eddie Howe thinks the setup will be and and who he thinks will suit best for for who we're coming up I against. Think, but I think we we'll have to remember Ian as well that we do have flexibility on that left hand side. Yeah, where the likes yeah. of of Jolin could go on that left hand side. So, or, so could or Willick, Joe Willick. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, that that uh, saying that at the minute, obviously we've lost Miggy and, and Gordon, so maybe it's it's a kind of a good time to do that because we've got the, the options of putting them out, out wide. But um, like like I say, the, the, the four centre midfielders we've got, they all offer something different and they're, they're playing out the skins. I'm not Willick's biggest fan by by any stretch, but I think the last sort of two, three games, he's been absolutely outstanding. Um, and the same goes for Jacob Murphy as well. We've, we've talked about this time and time again where players are getting a chance and they're grasping it. And I genuinely never thought Jacob Murphy would be one of them, but he was exceptional last night. Um, same again last week against Wolves. I, I genuinely kind of believe I'm seeing that. And then, obviously, I think we'll touch on it in a second. Elliot Anderson coming off the bench. I thought mm. he was he was exceptional as well. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll move. We'll stay with you. We just because you mentioned his name, Elliot Anderson comes on. Um, it's a halftime substitution. Um, a lot of a lot of fans thought it was because Maxi was having a poor game. I didn't think Maxi had a poor game whatsoever. To, to be honest with you, but it, it's a hamstring injury. That we're looking at, Eddie Howe said after the game that he felt something in his hamstring. That's why he was taken off. Elliot Anderson came on, and if I'm being honest with you, I don't think I've seen enough of Anderson to have an opinion on what sort of player he is and what he offers to the team. Um, but if he's performing like this, in coming off the bench, and, and it was a big game for us before the break. It's a big game, away game as well. He's done really well. <laughs> he shot me. He's, he's done amazing. I think sort of pre-season and at the start of the season, he, he had those cameos where he looked half decent. Mm. Um, I, I particularly remember maybe his pre-season against Benfica. I thought he, he looked quite intelligent. Um, but coming off, like you say, it was a big, big game, especially going behind um, and to come off the bench. And when you don't have a lot of creativity, obviously St. Maxwell went off, who is one of your more explosive players that can create something. Um, for me, it was a bit of a shock. I thought he maybe would have put um, Wilson on and played two up top. So I, I was a little bit sceptical about Anderson coming on. But he, he again, he's grasped that opportunity with, with both hands. He looked he looked so dangerous even in the first sort of five, ten minutes. He had that, I think, the volley where the ball got played over and Navas yeah, made save. that amazing yeah. save. Um, Navas made a few great saves in that second half, to be fair. He did. Um, he had another chance as well where he... I thought he was a mile offside, and then I thought it was a foul, but he's he's lost his foot. That was a very intelligent run, sort of across mm-hmm. the the back four, um, and then obviously he's he's disallowed goal, which we might touch on. Obviously, I know you'll go into it a lot more detail on on Monday night with the lads, but um, I just thought he's all round play. Anderson was it looked because I think he's only eight uh, nineteen. It looked like a more a lot more mature performance than a 19-year-old who has only had, like I say, a handful of handful of appearances. So I was very impressed with him. He looked, this is he at looked the point hungry, where, didn't he? Well, this is at the point where I want to say that. When and This is why I don't mention ages, because <laughs> as far as I know, Eliane might be 47, <laughs> and we'll always get this completely wrong. Somebody will look at him and be like, he's 22. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, if, if we touch on the on the disallowed goals, Scott, it's... Yep. It's Isaac again, isn't it? That I remember. Isaac's on the yeah. deck, uh, and the so, ball. Well, well, they try to clear it, right. don't they? And he's he's obviously knackered, hence why he's still lying on the deck at this point. And he's so quick to to stand up and do this turn to to find that space. Was ridiculous! That oh, bit of skill how he by the way. Space from nowhere. 
then he just that ball as well just lifts it in towards the back post and it's a fantastic header by by Anderson how he finds that space in that bottom corner the only place where the keeper's not getting it yeah. and and he buries it and so in my mind straight away I'm thinking it's a goal all day long right yeah then obviously VAR step in and you know for fine well as soon as VAR step in that they'll start trying to, to crush your dreams um Longstaff is in an offside position in my mind at first. Yeah. But then when we're starting to see the analysis of it and, and why he's determined to not be offside, I'm thinking, oh, well, it's a goal all day long. They can't overturn this. They physically can't. Then to my shock, as normal, Scott, the official get it completely wrong and rule it offside. Talk me through what is going on in the minds of, of was it three officials, four officials these days? I wish I knew. I, w- I wish I knew because I'm still... I watched the highlights again this morning and I'm still scratching my head as to why it was deemed offside because the the only argument that you could have that it was offside is that the two Forest players who touched the ball weren't playing the ball. It, it was a deflection, but you watch it back, they both swing for that ball. They both. Mm-hmm. It's not like one sticks his foot out and it, it hits him. He swings for it and kicks the ball. The other one does the same thing and kicks it off long. It's staff. far from a deflection. It, you know, it's not in a million years is that a deflection. It, it's them trying to clear the lines and I just don't understand how that isn't the second passage of play. I don't understand why it was brought back and, and I, yeah, it's it's harsh on Elliot Anderson as well because it was his first goal, his first kind of senior goal in the Premier League. Um, you know, the header that he hit, he, he just wants it more than the defender. You could just yeah. tell he just, the defender's just in no man's land and he's, Elliot Anderson's just coming in and just wants it, wants it more than him. Um, but you know, as soon as as soon as the referee goes to the screen, you you just kind of know it, it. It's only happened a few times a season where the referees went to the screen and kept the same decision that he had. For I think me, it's like this changed, Scott, as well. Now I think since the arrival of Howard Webb, I was looking at this, and Howard Webb only wants the the on field referee to go over to the monitor when they all believe he's made a mistake. Yeah, that that's when they want him to look at it now. Mm-hmm. And even I think the commentators were saying in that game, were saying, I don't understand why a referee is being called to the monitor for an offside <clears throat> decision. Yeah. 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 It I mean, we've, we've, the, the phrase gets kind of clear and obvious error. And that the fact that nobody can decide, well, nobody can see why it was ruled offside indicates that there was no clear or obvious error. So it, it's, it's beggar's belief. But I mean, let's be honest, that referee had a shocking display. Through that entire game, from start um, to finish. If you know, a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember the the the, the player's name, but him, uh, the referee's name, but him and Var, who got removed from his position because of the decisions he was making, they need to do the same thing with this guy because he was absolutely shocking. There should have been, you know, two or three yellow cards in the first twenty minutes that didn't happen, um, and you know, it was ironic that the Forest fans then started chatting to him that he doesn't know yeah. what he's doing. When one decision didn't go their way, I mean that was that was a joke as well. What, and, um... What's ironic as well is I thought the because I think the first yellow card was for Dennis on Trippier. I thought that was probably a, a harsh yellow card. I thought it was maybe yeah. it was a foul, but I don't think it was a yellow card. But then you had, like you say, Ayu left a challenge in a couple of times. Shelby was doing his best to try and break. Bruno's ankles. We could yeah. do a full um, podcast on Shelby's challenges last night. <laughs> um, even that, I think it was that Ryan Yates that went off as well. They, they just looked like they wanted to, to basically like kick seven lumps out of it. And I, 
I think he's maybe he's got in his mind. Well, if I if I give a book an early, I'm going to set like set the tone for the rest of the mm-hmm. game. But for me, that shouldn't matter. And then yeah, even even in the first half when I think Bruno gets bundled over, there's a, a possible shout for a penalty there. I think the next two or three fouls are the exact same foul. They're just outside the box. Like Willick in the, the bottom bottom corner when the yeah. ball was running out, he got penalised for literally less than what, what the foul it was, was on. Yeah, it was not long after was, the foul yeah. on Bruno in the box as well. Yeah. Um, so, like I say, it, it, I just don't get it how how it's the exa- literally the exact same foul, sometimes even less. But just because it's in the box, it's like you have to literally like drop kick someone in the head to, mm. to get a foul. Like, it, it, and then, like you say, the sometimes the we don't even decision. get that. I mean, <laughs> Burnley, yeah, Burnley away. Um, but for me, that the offside, like the the literally um, Carragher Neville went through like the sort of the the bullet points of the rules. Yeah, and literally everyone pointed that it was offside. It's it's he ticked them all off, didn't he? Neville uh-huh. went down there. Well, it's yeah. not that. It's not that. It's it not just that one either. It changed. It changes to the referee's subjective, um, subjective, subjective opinion that the player hasn't went to play the ball. But anyone with a football and brain, like even well, even that's, Joe, that's not just one ref though. That, I know this. this he, he got called over. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like even Joey, who's six, who uh, literally used to beat you to tell him what offside is. He went, "Well, the Forest players kicked it to him, so how is he offside?" I was like. And he's six, like I just, just loads of little Ryan Fraser's on a pitch. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, I, I just I didn't get it, and and thankfully it's not sort of ruined the game. But like I was saying, like even the decision, I think it was maybe Lee Mason that Scott was on about before with the Arsenal yeah, game. Yeah, it was like that could cost in Arsenal's that could cost Arsenal a title. Like for us, it could cost us a European spot if we mm. missed out on two points. I get that there's the the rest of the season to get those points, but. That's that is irrelevant. Like you've, yeah. you, or if you could, flip around, it could keep the likes of Forest in the league if they haven't yeah, got a point yeah. out of it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, just I thought he was he was absolutely horrendous, like a horrendous display. Um, it's it's it, lucky for the referee though, the Scott, that Newcastle went on to win that game because if not, there's gonna be a big spotlight on him. And I yeah. think because we did get three points at the end of the day, and and now people, yes, we're going to talk about and, and debate it. But he's probably got off the hook with this one. Um, well, I hope he doesn't. Um, I really hope that the result of the match doesn't matter and that it is looked at because, like like I said, it's... Like Ian said, I mean, teams staying in the league, teams winning the league, teams, you know, getting into the European spots. There's a lot of money involved in that. Like, I think it's like 30 million you get for Champions League just to qualify. Like, that's a lot of money for... Especially teams like us who are trying to boost our revenue as much as we can. Um but yeah, I mean to to turn it back on the penalty. I mean the, you could tell from the I can't remember the player's name, the the uh, the defender, but you can just tell as soon as that hits his arm, his head's in his hands and he's on he the knows. deck and he's like, "What he am I doing?" Away. Um, you can almost also see, and, and you know, you mentioned the the referee, uh, like relief from him, just like, "Okay, good, okay, well, I'll give this," and it was instant, and there's Blink, no oh, thing about it. I think Val looked at it a little bit, spot. but it wasn't like. Wasn't there? And I, I do want to condemn. I do want to. Uh, I do want to say that Trippier did very well with Navas. Uh, he obviously knows him from La Liga, and he knows what he can do when it comes to penalties. So he picks up the ball. He stands at the spot. Navas is doing whatever he's doing uh, to try and put Trippier off. And then just as the ball's just as the penalty's about to be taken, up steps up steps Isak, and yeah, great penalty. Like slots at home, 
Shushes the people, shushes the crowd. Can I jump in? Did you think yeah. Trippier was going to take it? Because I did. I did. Yeah. I, did. I, I put in our group chat. I was like, does Trippier take penalties? I don't think I've ever seen him take a penalty in my life. Then, I'll, somebody that, that's listening or watching to this might be able to tell us why, but Sky Sports put the stat on Trippier's penalties did. and he had yeah. taken two. So he missed one and scored one. Yeah. And the yellow ball, which he had scored, was hitting the crossbar, the outside of the crossbar. Yeah. So what's happened there? Can somebody tell us, or is that just Sky yeah, Sports getting I, I that saw wrong that. completely? Well, again, I think we fooled everyone there. I think, you know, even if Sky Sports are putting that up on the stats, obviously they must have been scraping around to get that out because they're like, hang on, Trippier, hang on, where's mm-hmm. that button again? Like, it's, it's just not, it's not something you'd expect. But like I say, um, I thought Trippier also probably had a little word in Jacob Murphy's ear about Ren and Lodi because he absolutely annihilated Ren and Lodi the entire game. Mm. Um and I, th- I used to think Ren Lodi was a good player, and I actually thought we should have went in for him, um, you know, in the postseason because he's that good. Um, but Jacob Murphy, of all people, made him look very, very ordinary. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't know if that's just him having an off game or he, that's how he's been against Forest because I haven't seen him much of him this season. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think credit to Isak. He, you know, he gets his second goal, uh, well deserved as well because he's, he's had a blinder. Um, the pressure on his shoulders as well, mate, in that moment. Yeah, I mean, he's the type of player where that doesn't matter. You can you can just tell he's he's quite a cool character, and he just he just slots at home. Like the keepers, I think I think he even sends a keeper the wrong way, which is even nicer. Well, yeah, usually that's, that's, that's where well. he's that's where he puts his penalties. It's like if you're looking at the goal, you, I think the two two or three that he scored for, he usually goes. I had to go in the garden. I didn't want to watch it. Um, <laughs> it was and then it was it was horrible. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I'm not gonna uh, lie. At that point. I was like, I was sat on my sofa watching it, and, and at the point where just before he hit it, I had to stand up and I, I, I like stood in the doorway. I don't know why I'm stood in the doorway, like pop my head around the corner, <laughs> just just to obscure your, your view a bit. Um, but no, it'll make all the difference. He's he's done well. He's he's kept his composure, um, and and like you say, it's it's give her three huge points going into going into the international break. It's put one yeah. right back in the the chase for fourth spot. Because um, obviously, I think the next game's Man U, and I think if we will beat them. Then we'll go above them, but obviously I think Spurs goal difference as well. Yeah, the go- like yeah. The, the goal difference really shocked me. Like we've we've got the third best goal difference in the league. Oh, we're steamrolling um, because of uh, the the clean sheets the clean early sheets, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, the accumulation of clean sheets rather than <laughs> points. Um, but man, you shocked us as well. I think they, there's only something like six or seven. Um, but well, like they say, did just get beat by seven. Right, it's, it's, it's conceded yeah. seven, though. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't help. Um, I think City have done them by four or five as well this season. I think, I think they've had Brent, a high score Brent, game. Brentford did as well, if I remind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Four or five nil. But yeah, it's put it's put we're in a, a very good position going into the international break. Obviously, we we went through that little patch. Hopefully, we're out of that now. I think we're seeing before sort of the, the Wolves game, that these two games, you would argue, are not must-wins, but you want to take as, as many points out of them as you can. Yeah. Um, so let's give her, give her a good platform to go into the international break. Hopefully, the, the likes, because obviously Miggy's going to now be out for six weeks, um, allegedly. Uh, Gordon Anyhow's injury list. It's just like he, his diary for injuries at the minute where <laughs> the, the news comes out, oh, Miggy's going to be missing for two, three weeks. Or oh, as soon as Eddie House gets in front of a microphone, six weeks. <laughs> Which means it'll be yeah. 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like I say, it gives that little chance for the likes of share, for the likes of Gordon to, to hopefully recover a, a little bit better and then have a, a little bit more sort of options from the bench. Because that was what my, my concern was yesterday, looking at that bench. You had Wilson, who 
Atfaz isn't in great form. Um, mm. And that I think that was maybe it. And then, but like I say, being proved wrong, Elliot Anderson came off the bench and he's even, done even great. Even Richie so. did his part off the bench. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't do much, but he... Getting a few cameos at the minute, isn't he? Running. Yeah, I was. I'm surprised how much he's been playing. Honestly, um, I didn't think we'd see him this season. But injuries, like I think, if if the injuries hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't see him as much as we have done. Hmm. Hats off to him. It's probably his last season with us. Um, you know, I don't know what his contract situation is, but he's probably going to move on in the summer. You'd, you'd imagine yeah. with Matt Ritchie. Um, you can imagine Matt Ritchie would be, well. be um, happy to drop down the ranks as well. Matt Ritchie would be happy to yeah. drop into to the championship if needs be. And I think he probably will. Um, and he'll have a field day just like he did last time in the championship yep. as well. Only yeah, concern for me, yeah. The only <laughs> concern for me is the the fact that this break is coming up now, and we debated this when the World Cup was coming around as well, whether or not it's a good time to have that break yeah. because of injuries yeah. and things like that. For me, I think we realised after that break, I know it was three four week one compared to a week, but we just didn't hit that run again until obviously now. Um, but for me, I would rather just keep on going with the games, keep let them keep going despite the injury concerns. And I would love it was my new next weekend, but yeah. it is what it is, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, um, thanks, boys, for enjoying this one. Um, yeah. we've got to start thinking of what we're going to do during the week now because, like we mentioned, there's no match. Oh, yeah, so yeah. we'll figure something out. I think Kenny Chat will be getting recorded. This week yep. as well. Uh, Wednesday, so, I think, wasn't it, Ian, that we're doing? Wednesday. Yeah, doing, doing Wednesday. So if you haven't listened to Canny Chatter yet, those that are watching and, and listening to this podcast, uh, Canny Chatter is an audio-only podcast, which is recorded by these two lads here, so Scott, Ian, uh, Joe and Harry. Yeah. And they just go over relevant Newcastle United topics. My favourite part of that last week was the food one. As always, I love talking about food, especially ways to improve the food at St. James's Park as well. Um, and I think it was you, you, Ian, that mentioned Dixon's. I've I've always wanted Dixon's. Oh, love a Dixon's pork pie. <laughs> I would love a Savloy dip at home. Oh, time, Savloy honestly. dip. I think best. Harry said Savloy dip, didn't he? Oh, yeah. did he? He's no been... spoilers, by the way. Go and listen to it. It's because he sat at me. <laughs> yeah, work for God knows how long. I must have just been tuning his lug off all the time. Um, but yeah, um, plenty more stuff coming on the channel. Um, if you want to like the video, it means a lot to us. Become a subscriber. Costs you absolutely nothing to do that. If you want to give it an extra bit back, it's two ninety nine a month to become a member. You get access to, to videos, so early access to, the, access to those videos. You get access to the Telegram group as well, which is just like a WhatsApp hub for members and fellow Newcastle United fans. Watch what you're doing. I'll see you on Monday night. Ta-ra. Bye, everyone. Podcast Network.